Good morning, this is the Luxury Weekly, where I summarize for you 10 important news in the luxury industry for the week of February 1st, 2021. This episode will be heavy on quarterly results, so get ready to hear the word percent much more than your brain really wants to on this Monday morning. 1. British online retailer ASOS finalized the acquisition of four brands from the bankrupt Arcadia Group. For £265 million, ASOS acquired Topshop, Topman, Miss Selfridge, and Hit brands. ASOS will acquire these brands' inventories for an additional £30 million, but it will not acquire the stores. 50 stores employing 2,000 people have already closed, and 70 more stores employing 2,500 people are expected to close in the future. 300 people from the corporate office will transfer to ASOS. The strategic objective for ASOS is to strengthen their multi-brand platform strategy and leverage these brands' assets, such as international warehouse infrastructures and local online experiences. ASOS will also accelerate the U.S. development through a partnership with Nordstrom. This transaction is expected to generate a double-digit return in the first full year thanks to ASOS' ability to drive growth for these brands, as well as the low operating cost once the integration onto the ASOS platform is completed. 2. Capri Holdings, which owns Michael Kors, Versace and Jimmy Choo, published their third quarter earning results for the period October to December 2020, and they made a profit for the second quarter in a row. Overall, the group's revenue reached $1.3 billion, which is a drop by 17% versus 2019, but a continuous improvement versus prior quarters. Net income was a positive $179 million. E-commerce sales increased by 65% and China delivered a double-digit growth. I feel like I'm repeating this sentence every single week. If we look at the individual brand's performance, Michael Kors generated $986 million in revenue, down almost 19% versus last year. The Zatche revenue was flat at $195 million. Finally, at Jimmy Choo, revenue fell 26%. Capri Holdings also reported that their customer database increased by double digits, which validated their efforts to attract new customers. 3. Ferragamo published their fourth quarter 2020 and reported a sales decline of 20%, in line with expectations. Full-year sales reached $1.1 billion, which is a 32% decline versus 2019. The strong rebound in China was not enough to offset the negative impact of lockdown measures in Europe or the poor performance in wholesale and travel retail channels. Ferragamo has been hit pretty hard by the pandemic and rumors of a sale are resurfacing. The board of directors has been changed and the profile of the new board members seem to indicate that the Ferragamo family will be less involved in running the business. 4. Ralph Lauren reported worse-than-expected results for its third fiscal quarter with sales of $1.4 billion, down almost 19% versus prior year. The company also announced that their upcoming fourth quarter, ending in March 2021, would miss expected targets as the brand continues to suffer from lockdowns in major markets like Europe and Japan. Following these results, Ralph Lauren announced that they would reduce their North American corporate office real estate by 30%, reduce the size of some offices in Europe and Asia, close up to 10 stores globally, renegotiate rents, and finally cut 15% of its workforce. With these measures, they expect to save $200 to $240 million annually. The bright spot came from digital, which increased by 20% 
and the performance of their recently launched virtual stores in Beverly Hills, Paris, and New York, which experienced eight times more traffic online than in the physical world. The company also launched Ralph Lauren Vintage, which sells unique, one-of-a-kind apparel and jewelry products. 5. Estee Lauder published their fiscal second quarter results ending in December and reported better-than-expected results with net sales of $4.85 billion, which is an increase by 3% versus prior year, whereas the overall prestige beauty industry declined by 19% according to a recent NPD report. Estee Lauder's results were driven by strong sales in skincare, Asia, online, but also in travel retail, which is more surprising. At the brand level, La Mer and the Estee Lauder brand both enjoyed double-digit growth. The overall skincare category grew by 25%, with great performance also coming from Clinique and Dr. Jart, whereas NPD reports that the overall prestige skincare industry declined by 11%. Estee Lauder did report a strong decline in makeup, down 26%, whereas the industry was down by 40%, according to NPD. Makeup has been hit hard by the pandemic as consumer habits changed and that product category historically relies heavily on brick and mortar. Finally, across their brands, Estee Lauder reported that their online channels enjoyed a double or sometimes a triple-digit growth thanks to new features such as live streaming, live video, live chats, and virtual try-ons. Estee Lauder's executives are continuing efforts to improve omnichannel capabilities by mapping out the consumer journey and meeting her throughout the purchase decision touchpoints. 6. Tapestry, which owns Coach, Kate Spade, and Stuart Waitsman, reported that their holiday quarter results exceeded forecasts. Sales declined by 7% to reach $1.7 billion, and net income increased by 4% to reach $311 million. Its online business grew at a triple-digit rate from the previous year to represent one-third of global sales and nearly half of revenue in North America. During the holiday season, all brands were able to reduce their promotions and sell products at full price. The group's efforts to acquire new customers paid off as they added 1.5 million new customers across all three brands. Sales in China increased by 30% year-on-year, and they reached record sales during Alibaba's annual single-day event. As they enter the second half of their fiscal year, Tapestry's executives are confident that customer demand will keep rising and that they will end the full year at a 7% growth rate. 7. Nordstrom launched an ephemeral second-hand resale service this week called See You Tomorrow. The American department store started selling pre-owned apparel, shoes, and accessories both online as well as in the New York store. The product mix includes brands like Off-White, Adidas, Isabel Marant, or Burberry. The selection is made of returned or damaged products from Nordstrom's inventory, but the department store also offers to buy back customers' used clothing, shoes, jackets, and accessories, which will be cleaned and repaired as needed before being sold. Nordstrom would pay as much as 60% of an item's resale value in the form of a gift card. This program has already closed online after a week of existence, but the shop is still open in New York. Let's see if it becomes a permanent fixture of their offer in a bid to attract a younger clientele. Nordstrom also announced a partnership with the second-hand clothing site Goodfair. They will launch monthly online vintage drops. The first Goodfair collection for Nordstrom sold out immediately and included about 50 products. 
They defined vintage as anything that was created before 2000. Finally, Nordstrom also issued some guidance for the current year and they expect sales to rise 25% versus 2020, with e-commerce representing more than half of that. To do so, Nordstrom will focus on growing its off-price brand Nordstrom Rack, as well as its top 20 cities, which represent 75% of its business. And finally, it will also continue to develop its online business. Eight, another example of omnichannel retail came this week with the luggage brand Tumi opening their first virtual store. This online experience is accessible only to shoppers from Asia Pacific and Middle East. As you can imagine, the online store has the beautiful rendition of a physical store and it's loaded with digital features. Products can be seen in 3D or augmented reality, shoppers can take photos of their experience via Tumi's magic mirror, or they can even play mini-games by connecting their Instagram and WeChat applications. While shopping, they can also connect directly with sales associates for questions or if they wish to place an order. 9. Pinterest is expanding their makeup virtual try-on capabilities with the launch of an augmented reality try-on tool for eyeshadow. Pinterest is allowing try-ons with 4,000 shades from brands like Lancome, YSL, Urban Decay, and NYX Cosmetics. This new feature is actually the second foray into virtual try-on after Pinterest launched a similar experience with lipstick a year ago. Users can now try on more than 10,000 lipstick shades across 48 million pins from a massive portfolio of brands including Estee Lauder, Nars, Lancome, NYX, or Urban Decay. The benefit for beauty brands, obviously, is to create an interactive shopping experience to increase sales. If shoppers lack what they test, they can directly purchase the item within the Pinterest app. 10. Finally, an interesting news coming from the world of print media. Allure magazine will open a brick-and-mortar store in the fall of 2021. The 2,900 square feet space will offer an immersive retail experience with a curated product offering, augmented reality try-on features, smart mirrors and regular in-store events such as masterclasses. It will be the first retail experience for the magazine, but not a first commercial endeavor as they have been running a subscription box since 2012. Allure recently reported having 25 million readers and that traffic on their website increased by 20% year on year, with time spent increasing by 25%. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to the episode. I would really appreciate it if you could leave me some comments and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Stay tuned and see you next week.